0: Could Noah's family really take care of all the animals on the ark? Find out today on In Grace.
1: Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Welcome to our very special edition of In Grace. On
0: Fridays and on the weekend, we go somewhere and today we're going to take you to a full-size ark. Yeah, it probably won't float, but it's definitely to scale. And we're going to the Cincinnati area in northern Kentucky. There's this massive, massive display. It's a full-size Noah's Ark. Now, you've Probably heard about it. Maybe you've been to it, but you definitely haven't been on the tour that we're going to take you on today. We're going to take you on part three of a tour of Noah's Ark with Bodhi Hodge. Bodhi is a wonderful man, has very good insights, not into just the ark, the architecture of the ark, You know, how could all the animals have fit on the ark? But he also talks a lot about the flood, the geology that's left down by the flood, the fossils. We talk about the Tower of Babel. We talk about languages. And all of these things are related to this tour of Noah's Ark. So you're going to really enjoy today's program. We would love to have you get this entire four-part video series. And you can get it when you give a gift of any amount to make sure InGrace stays on the radio. And we would like to say thank you by sending you this video. You can contact us by calling us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE. Call during business hours or leave us a voicemail after hours and we'll get back to you. Or go anytime, day or night, to our website ingraceradio.com in graceradio.com and there you'll find a tour of Noah's Ark. For a gift of any amount, we're going to thank you by sending you this video by DVD or digital download. Now, some of you can give a little bit more if your gift is $35 or more. We're going to thank you by sending you two more great creation videos. One is called A Walkthrough Creation, and it's a tour of the Creation Museum in the same area. And that's Answers and Genesis founder Ken Ham that gives us that tour. And then a third video that I really enjoyed making because I'm a scuba diver, and I went with PhD marine biologist Robert Carter on a series of dives in the florida keys and we saw sharks and we saw turtles and we saw fish and coral and uh, we want to show that to you as well it's called exploring god's ocean and it's a beautiful four-part underwater series from us here at in grace now that's for a gift of 35 or more now if some of you want to give us hundred dollars More people are going to hear the gospel, and we're going to send you our full creation video bundle. You're going to get Amazing Arches with Danny Faulkner, Dinosaurs That Destroy Evolution with Carl Baugh, Fossil Fishing with Carl Baugh, Our Awesome Universe with Danny Faulkner and Spike Besaris, and Irrefutable Creation Evidence with Carl Ball. You're going to get all of these videos that are really amazing. And it's our way of thanking you for your generous support for Ingrace. Again, you can get these videos by going to our website, ingraceradio.com, or you can call us at 1 800 78 Grace. If you prefer to write to us, our mailing address is Ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois. 60047. We'll repeat all that in just a moment. Let me also remind you that InGrace has a cruise to Alaska. You're invited to come along cruising with us to see the beautiful creation. We have a creation speaker, Bruce Malone, coming with us. And I'm really looking forward to cruising Alaska again with our InGrace friends. So to get more information on our Alaska creation cruise for this July, go to our website ingraceradio.com and click on
1: Travel just call us 800 78 grace or go online ingraceradio.com you can also write to us at ingrace po box 9 lake zurich illinois 60047
2: throughout the museum we have a lot of stuff for the kids you yeah. know we we want this to be a family attraction yeah. so there's there's a lot of aspects where the kids come through; they're seeing different things,
0: and they're running around in there oh, right have, now. So they, I, I see kids go really around like and it. around
2: in here, and at the same time, you know, we we have some big exhibits uh, right next to us, some of the larger cages. We even have uh, figures of some of Noah's family doing the work. We sometimes walk under and don't even notice them. The Bible talks about a unicorn, and so a lot of people said, "Well, what's a unicorn?" You know, they automatically think of a horse with a horn on it, right? Right. But that's not necessarily what the Bible's talking about. It's actually talking about one of the variations of the rhinoceros. Most rhinoceros today have two horns. There is one that has one horn, that's actually a a, a unicorn. The scientific name for these, going back for years, and even the Latin name was unicornus for the single horned rhinoceros. And that actually makes a lot more sense of the context in the Bible. You know, the Lord was gonna bring Israel out of Egypt like a unicorn, you get out of its way. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard that. Yeah, that's and so, so that's actually where that comes from. So we talk about that in some of the displays here. Yeah. We want to dispel some of the myths that people have about the Bible because sometimes they just don't understand it.
0: Right. Well, um, and then you also have an example of a smaller, smaller. version yeah. of a rhinoceros. That's right. That's right. So I, I don't know if I'd a want younger...
2: a, I wouldn't want a full-size right. one on, on right. board the ark.
0: And in a year, I think you guys have probably done the math of how much these animals right. would grow, and you would still have... Right, built the cage for the right size.
2: You know, it's interesting, the animals came on board the Ark, a male and its mate, and of course you have the sacrificial animal that comes on as as well, but sometimes we don't realize when they were called off the Ark, they didn't come off two by two. They were actually called off by their families. So certain animals may have actually bred while they were on the Ark. We don't always think of that. Now things like elephants, their gestation time is a lot longer uh, than a year. I wish they were on board the Ark for about a year, so they probably wouldn't have come off with any babies, but I you know, I just think of the rabbit cage, you know, like, there's probably tons of rabbits come off the ark.
0: Yeah, exactly. I would imagine kids love this part too, because you yeah. have giraffe, horse, right. the kinds. So, That's right. So you're also combining all the different variations of a horse, and it looks like they have stripes, so you can see the zebra in the horse kind here. Correct,
2: yep, and of course you see the juveniles, the smaller representatives of right. these sorts of things. Right. and. You, you recognize that these are the animals, but they don't look exactly like our, our modern day variations of our species. But that's because all those those species traits were all within this particular kind while they were at the art. But archives. that
0: has to take a pretty creative artist. It does. It are take, you going to take all these different horses and put them in? It the- takes
2: artists and scientists and people working together to be able to pull this off.
0: then you have these displays that would explain how they could pull this off. Exactly. How could eight people take care of all these animals, feeding and caring for them? That's right. But you've thought it through.
2: And if you notice up above, you see areas where they can walk in up above, fill up the automatic feeding and watering systems. They could have done some piping and that sort of thing. Of course, you can't display everything at the Ark. Right. We see those examples as you walk through here. So when people go through the Ark, I want to encourage them, look up. Yeah. Sometimes they don't look up and they miss certain aspects of the exhibit. That's a good
0: piece of advice for life, by the way. (laughs) That's right. We're always so focused on where we're stepping. right, And then we forget to look up.
2: What's great about this is, you know, we've been an apologetics ministry for years. We've heard these questions over and over again. Uh, you know, Ken's been doing this sort of thing for over 40 years, starting in Australia, came over to the United States. He's been all over the world. A lot of our speakers have been all over the world. We've heard these questions over and over again, and people think through it as well. And so by looking at those different questions, we go, OK, well, let's think through that. How would that be on board Noah's Ark? And so, you know, our researchers have done a great job, I think. Yeah. We have animatronics of, of different figures. What we're doing, you know, they, they talk about a little history here and you can ask questions of Noah or some of his family members. And the animatronics done here are done brilliantly, by the way. And so, I mean, they're very realistic.
0: So uh, let me ask Noah a question. Noah, how did you know how to build the Ark? (laughs) I've been building boats most of my life, but of course never anything this large. So it took me
2: a while to plan the construction, and there were some difficulties to overcome. But God is wise and knows everything, and
0: he provides all we need. Well, thank you. We appreciate it, Mr. Noah. (laughs)
2: Do you have any more questions?
0: Oh, I have a lot of questions, but we're just gonna ask (laughs) Bodhi the rest of them.
2: Here's the library, so you can see the scrolls. You know, we think of books. They would have done scrolls. Uh, they would have been on board the ark. So it makes you wonder how much information was actually retained through the flood, and we've just lost it since then. You know, sometimes wars or a city burns down, you lose a lot of information. You know, we think of the famous uh, library at Alexandria. You know, it was burnt down, and we lost so much information. Same sort of thing probably happened after the flood, perhaps at the Tower of Babel, or even other places.
0: Carpentry shop. Right. See the woodworking? Because things are going to break on the ark and you're going to need to repair things and that's right. continue. You know,
2: there's certain animals like to chew through their wood. Uh, you know, I, we, we used to have rabbits on the farm. They would tear through the wood. Or a beaver. It. Or a beaver, that's right. <laughs> Woodpeckers. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, come on. How many times do I have to repair this thing? <laughs> Woodpeckers, paradise. Right. Blacksmith yeah. shop, they, Blacksmith. They, they probably brought stuff with them because they know they're going to come off the ark and they're going to be utilizing this technology as well.
0: Yeah, so they had developed a lot of technology. Correct. They would know how to do metalworking and -hmm. and all of that.
2: Right, probably potentially musical instruments Mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, if I was on the Ark, you know, for a year, cooped up with just my family, I would definitely want to have like a little room to go to, play some music, get away from everyone. You know, so there was probably all sorts of things like that.
1: How many animals could fit on Noah's Ark? Did the flood really cover the entire Earth? If you're wrestling with the answers to these questions, look no further than In Grace's exciting video series, A Tour of Noah's Ark, where Jim Scudder walks through the amazing Ark encounter in northern Kentucky with Bodie Hodge, the son-in-law of Answers in Genesis founder, Ken Ham. This incredible series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to In Grace. And when your gift is $35 or more, you will also receive two more video series, A Walkthrough Creation with Ken Ham, and exploring God's oceans. Or get our entire 8-series creation bundle for only $100. Don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity to learn about a young earth and explore the beauty of God's world. Call now 800-78-GRACE or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at Ingrace, PO Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois 60047.
0: So this is the exhibit where you're explaining the living quarters and- Correct. What Noah would have been like or looked like?
2: Right, you know, that's a big question. What did Noah look like? And of course, we've seen some animatronics of him. What did his wife look like? What about his three sons and three daughters-in-law? Yeah. And see, this is important because when it comes to the Tower of Babel, we know where a lot of their descendants went. And so, you know, people have asked questions. Well, what did they look like? Well, based on their descendants, we kind of get a little bit of an idea. So we actually had to think through that, what they were going to look like because we're doing these different figurines of them throughout Noah's living quarters here. So if you look, we've got Noah, and uh, we gave the name Imzara to Noah's wife. Now, there's a lot of different names for Noah's wife. There's actually a book, uh, an old book, about 101 names of Noah's wife. Different cultures had different names for, for Noah's wife, and that makes sense. Noah actually has a multitude of names, too, after the Tower of Babel, when people go to different parts of the world. They all had different names for her. Yeah. In some cases, they did cross over. And the cafe here, we have Ibsara's Cafe. That's where the name comes from. And I'm sure she's from. pleased. And of course, they give different names. We have no idea what their names were, but uh, we threw some But names you
0: can them. have a little artistic license.
2: That's right. And, and you know what? We ask people to be a little forgiving with us on that because we don't know all those things. And you're saying and
0: that. You know, we don't right. know this for sure, but this is that, we're, we're our imagination, think- and this is probably pretty close.
2: That's right. We're trying to think through it the best we can and do educated guesses on. And right. I think
0: we're going to see that and in uh, here we'll because the see- Bible doesn't give us all the details of their living quarters, but certainly they had to have
1: had.
2: That's right.
0: Quarters.
2: So here we get to see Shim and Ariel's, and so you can see where they can have beds. Potentially, you know, things can fold out and utilize their space and maximize it. And some of their personal items, and uh, we have Shim's wife, Ariel. Of course, she's not actually in here right now. She must be watering or well, feeding Well, you know, something. this is typical.
0: The guy's just hanging out, chilling out, watching something on TV. That's right. And uh, poor Ariel is out getting water and doing <laughs> all the work.
2: That's right. And you'll notice they've got curtains here so they can have their privacy. You know, it's possible they could have had actual walls. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, for an exhibit like this, it's nice to be able to open it up. Yeah. And uh, you see the same sort of thing on the backside with Japheth and his wife, uh, Raina and she's painting, doing some stuff, he's playing some music. We want people to understand these guys were smart. They weren't dumb brutes. You know, we've got that mentality floating around in our culture. If you go back just so far, people weren't that smart. But we want to dispel those kinds of myths. You know, they're wearing sandals ever since thorns and thistles came about. They probably immediately decided to invent some sandals.
0: And you have painting, you have art. Right. Music. There's all sorts of things And even some of the
2: decoration that you see out and about and around and even some of this, this kind of stuff, the inlays and things, uh, it it just goes to show some of that brilliance. We have the kitchen here to our left side uh, where they probably prepared a lot of their different foods. Now remember, they were still vegetarian at this point. It wasn't until after the flood that God first permitted them to eat meat, so they wouldn't have been kicking any bacon or any- So
0: they would have had like the Impossible Whopper.
2: That's right, they would have had something like the Impossible Whopper. (laughs) And uh, you'll notice we've got uh, different foodstuffs. It's possible they could have been growing certain things, you know, utilizing some of the light. That's why we put the living quarters up at the upper part. Right. You know, to be able to utilize that sort of thing. And uh, a lot of storage for some of the food, cooking and baking, uh, they can do all sorts of things. And see, they had to think through this. You're on a wooden ship but you're gonna be cooking stuff. Well, how do you do that? Well, you build platforms, you take those extra precautions to be able to cook, be able to have nice food while you're on board the ark even though at the same time you're on a wooden ship. As you move through here, we have Ham and his wife. We're going to come to Noah and his wife and see their living quarters. Here you see some of the birds. Sometimes certain animals, you you want to have those around you. You know, they're, they're almost like pets in certain instances. And if you look carefully here, we have Noah climbing up. Now, we have him climbing up in this area because one of the things that Noah did, he removed the covering at the end of the flood, opened the window, and he let out a raven, never came back, and he let out a dove, came back, let out a dove again, you know, came back with an olive leaf, lets it out again, doesn't come back. So it gives us a taste of how the world has been recovering. The ark was lifted up on the 40th day. So, you know, we have the flood going on for a time before the ark actually lifts up. Once it lifts up on the 40th day, it's floating high above the earth while the waters are prevailing. On the 150th day, the ark strikes the mountains of Ararat and it becomes stable again. Now, from the 150th day all the way through the end of the flood, which is over a year, uh, if you use the old 360-day calendar, which a lot of ancients used, that would have been a 370 to 371-day flood. If you use different calendars, it varies a little bit, but either way, it's over a year here, around that time. If you think about that, the ark sat from the 150th day all through that. So imagine them, they're here in the storm and everything, but the the ship's not actually moving. They're gonna get antsy. They're gonna go, okay, well, what's going on? So I can see why he lets out birds. You know, is it is it stable yet, is it not? But they did the right thing. They waited until God said, come off the ark. The Lord was the one who called them onto the ark. The Lord was the one who shut the door of the ark. So they waited on God to say when it was time to come off the ark.
0: And isn't it amazing that the dove and the olive branch is still the symbol of peace. I wonder still where that is. came from.
2: That's where it came from. A lot of people don't realize that a lot of concepts actually come from the Bible and they don't realize it. But when somebody says, oh, the writings on the wall, where does that come? It comes from the Bible. You know, there's so much of that and we don't realize it. But even basic doctrines, why do we wear clothes? What well, goes back to the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve sinned, God sacrificed animals to make clothing for us. Um, Why do we get married? It goes back to the early pages of Genesis. Why do we have a seven-day week? Cultures all over the world have a seven-day week. It goes all the way back to the pages of Genesis. There's so many basic doctrines we sometimes don't realize that's all predicated on the Bible being true.
0: Now this is an interesting exhibit. You have fairy tale arc. So this is When you're talking about people had a misconception of the size of the Ark, when they see this, that misconception goes away. But this is part of the problem. Some people think the little Ark is cute, but it's really dangerous because it looks like a fairy tale when you look at the small.
2: I know. I mean, we, we would never do something like this with, say, David and Goliath. Right. We don't take Goliath and make him a short little guy and That's you have this point. big David. Yeah. A lot of times when you're talking to kids, where do you start? You start in Genesis. And they try to make it cartoonish, they try to make it fun. And there's nothing wrong with trying to make it fun, make it cartoonish, but I like to see the biblical proportions still come out through it. Um, as soon as you start deviating on the size and shape of Noah's art, it actually affects people. You know, I actually chatted with an adult one time that said, you know, there's no way Noah's Ark could have survived the flood. And I'm like, well, yeah, 300 by 50 by 30, its dimensions are, are, are very well from an engineering perspective. And he's like, what? And we were kind of talking past each other. And then I realized he actually thought Noah's Ark was like a bathtub ark. He's like, that, that's all I ever grew up with. Now, he had grown up in church, went to Sunday schools, his little uh, children's Bibles had a bathtub ark. He thought that's what Christians actually believed when he'd walked away from the faith. When I explained to him the real dimensions, he's like, well, I wasn't ever taught any of this. You know, what it was is he was so influenced by something like that, he now had problems of Noah's ark couldn't survive the flood, animals couldn't fit on this bathtub
0: ark. So it well, leads yeah, to misconceptions. And we're talking to children, and they are so impressionable. Right. I mean, they soak it up. Right. And so that will stay with you. It sure will. And, and, and if you have a wrong conception of something, it, it's gonna yeah. slant your view. Here, I love this, you have the serpent. If I can convince you that the flood was not real, then I can convince you that Heaven and hell are not real. right? So this is a symbol of God's judgment on the yes. world. Well, there is future judgment there coming is future as well judgment. for the individual and also for the world, both fire. Well, if we start to doubt God's judgment in the flood, then we also would miss right. that God is gonna judge again. And then we could also find ourselves in That's that right. situation.
2: That's right, if people are not gonna trust one part of the Bible, why would they trust another part? What we found, we did some statistics in a book called Already Gone and Ready to Return of kids who had actually walked away from their faith. The majority of answers kids gave for why they walked away from their faith, why they had doubts, was because they couldn't trust what they read in the book of Genesis. So the flood, the ark, uh, even Adam and Eve, and the first sin, death and suffering, a lot of those issues, even this concept in millions of years, those were first and foremost for why people couldn't trust the Bible. What these kids realized is if you can't trust Genesis, why would you trust the gospel of John? And they're
0: right because it's ever, ever even Revelation, it all refers back to Genesis. It all refers Every, back to all one unit.
2: Yeah, the, the book of Genesis, particularly Genesis 1 to 11, is foundational to the rest of the Bible. Every major doctrine of theology, directly or indirectly, will go back and find its roots and ties in the book of Genesis. It is a powerful book. As soon as you pull that out, you want to replace it with things like millions of years or evolutionary ideas. Guess what? The rest of the Bible that's built on that just starts to crumble.
0: You were here when they were building the ark? Yes. Did you guys start with the top and work your way down? (laughs) You
2: know, we did it the right way. You start at the base and you build up.
0: What we try to do today is show you that the Bible has answers. That people don't have to be closing their eyes and jumping. That's not what faith is. The Bible gives us many infallible proofs that first of all, there is a God. Just look around and just look at the world. There's plenty of evidence that we didn't come here by chance. And then there's more proof that God loves you, that God is a God of mercy and a God of grace. You say, wait a second, he judged the world by a massive global flood, yes. But this ark, the Bible says, was available to anyone who would just get on. There was an open door, and this ark is a picture of Jesus, and He is the open door, and, and you can step in today. You say, how do I do that? How can I be saved from my sins? How can I avoid an eternal lake of fire? Well, God, who is rich in mercy and grace, has to punish sin, but He doesn't want you to spend eternity in the place designed for the devil and the demons. Therefore. He sent His only begotten Son to die for you on a cross. Jesus, the Son of God, became sin for us when He was nailed to a cross. He died and He rose again. And the Bible says if we will simply believe in Him, trust in Him, we will have eternal life. We have sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus, who loved us so much, came and died for our sins on the cross. He paid for our sins on Calvary, and if you will simply believe in him, the Bible says that you have eternal life. You are literally in the hand of God. You have walked through the door of salvation. His name is Jesus, trust in him, and you will be saved from your sins and the penalty of sin.
1: How many animals could fit on Noah's Ark? Did the flood really cover the entire Earth? If you're wrestling with the answers to these questions, look no further than InGrace's exciting video series, A Tour of Noah's Ark, where Jim Scudder walks through the amazing Ark encounter in Northern Kentucky with Bodie Hodge, the son-in-law of Answers in Genesis founder, Ken Ham. This incredible series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to InGrace. And when your gift is $35 or more, you will also receive two more video series, A Walk Through Creation with Ken Ham and Exploring God's Oceans. Or get our entire eight-series creation bundle for only $100. Don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity to learn about a young earth and explore the beauty of God's world. Call now, 800-78-GRACE or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace PO Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, Just call us 800 78 Grace or go online ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at In Grace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois 60047. Tune in next week as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on In Grace Radio.